after being at the forefront of high fashion as editor of British Vogue for 25 years, Alexandra Shulman's recently turned her hand to selling pre-loved vintage clothing at a pop-up store in London. The sale at the end of January had Shulman's friend, the famed author Zadie Smith, working the tills and included top brands like Prada, Chanel and Gucci. Sales raised money for the British food and charity Lawrence's Larder, food aid charity. Second-hand clothing is continuing to grow in popularity. Recent surveys show two-thirds of millennials prefer to buy pre-loved clothing over new. So should we all be buying second-hand clothing, five items a year only? What's the best strategy? Alexandra Shulman is with us from London. Good evening. Thanks for your time. Good evening to you. What was the motivation for the pop-up pre-loved sale? Um, so Lawrence's Larder is um, a local charity. It's, uh, it provides a weekly hot meal for anybody that wants it and a food bank and citizens' advice. And they did things during COVID, like COVID vaccinations and everything. So it's, you know, it's a thoroughly good thing. And they approached me to see if I could help because I'm a part of the neighborhood, uh, help fundraise. And so I came up with this idea of doing um, what we called a, a vintage clothes sale. And um, Zadie Smith, the author, is patron of the charity. She's another local as well. So that sort of was the genesis. How big did it get? And from whence did you source your items for sale? <laughs> Well, it was a bit of one of those, you know, beware of your wishes, they might come true, because I was emailing everybody I knew asking for clothes donations and standing outside, handing out flyers to then drive people to come, having got the clothes. Then the question was, how do we get the shoppers? Um, But as it happened, we had tons of clothes from... You know, designer clothes, we had some vintage Dior, Jill Sander, Prada, Gucci, right down to lots of Zara, for instance, tons of Zara. I think people give away more Zara than they do anything else. And the customers, all ages or a mix? Yes, very much all ages. Um, Very much uh, local within a sort of, you know, I don't know, four or five mile vicinity, I guess. And, uh, yeah, real mix of ages. And quite a lot of mums came with their daughters as well, I noticed. And I would say that 90% of the people who arrived bought something, which was, you know, very rewarding. They looked so happy as they toddled off with their, their buy. You've written in your recent book, actually, about stock taking your own wardrobe, well over 200 items. Uh, were you <laughs> shocked it was that many? Um, well, I was. It, it was five hundred and thirty-nine, I think. Oh, okay. I in the end, but um, quite a lot of people thought that was quite few for somebody who'd edited Vogue for twenty-five years. <laughs> what is it that makes us keep clothes rather than on selling mm. or gifting? Mm. Well, I think clothes are sort of depositories for one's memory and actually it's one of the reasons why I find it hard to to get on with the idea of renting clothes because 
now here i don't know if it's it's true in new zealand but there is a, a big kind of trend to rent things for special occasions but i kind of feel like if it's a big party or a wedding or something like that it's so lovely to you know to choose something to buy for a special occasion and then have it hanging in your wardrobe and every time you look at it you remember the event yes i guess if you're uh in straightened times however People want the best they can get sometimes for the least outlay. As a fashion question, um, have you? I mean, have you ever bought pre-loved yourself? Actually, I mean, obviously, you've got that wardrobe full. You've had access, undoubtedly, to the latest fashion garments from top designing houses before they even hit the catwalk. Mm. But have you ever found yourself purchasing a pre-loved item, a vintage item? Oh heavens! Before I went to Vogue, um, I went to Vogue when I was thirty-four. Before I uh, went to Vogue, throughout the whole of my 20s, I don't think I wore anything other than what was then called second-hand and is now called pre-loved. Because we have wonderful clothes markets like Portobello Road and Camden Market here. And I bought all my clothes second-hand, not because I had to, but just because I loved what you could find there. They were such treasures. And then I think when I went to Vogue, I sort of realized I couldn't really sort of be secondhand rose and it wasn't particularly fashionable then so I didn't buy anything secondhand for a long time but um, in recent years I've bought quite a lot I went to Los Angeles about two years ago and bought tons of vintage there what I love about the millennials as we dub them um, they're all grown up now though aren't they Um, but what I love about (laughs) younger generations and their use of pre-loved is that it isn't necessarily about going for the designer garment or the label they create Mm. entire personal styles and very free personal styles around what they find Uh, is this you know is this exciting in a way I I know you were responsible for years for Mm. being part of setting fashion trends but is it lovely Mm. that it's kind of independent this way Democratise this oh, I way. think yes, I think absolutely wonderful. And during sort of, I would say, um, sort of ten years ago or twenty years ago, I rather despaired of sort of the way that young uh, men and women look, which was very template. You know, they everybody was wearing the same thing. They'd go to the high street, whether it was Topshop or Gap or indeed Zara or wherever, and buy a sort of uniform. And now it's absolutely wonderful to see how many of them, as you say, are having an incredible uh, individual style, much more like it used to be actually in the 70s and 60s. There's a touch sometimes of of hippie there. There's some wonderful 70s flares. God, I've seen some gabardine out and about. But as always, (laughs) style is about you putting together the look that you feel good in and, and that portrays you. In some ways, it's, it, it is about as honest a personal style as you can get. I think, you know, the way that one chooses to present oneself through clothes is one of the, the sort of uh, the loudest messages you can give because although you might not think that you're that interested in, in what you're wearing, actually, you have to decide what to wear every day and you make choices and those choices say something about you as a person and it's a it's a great way for people to kind of to read you very quickly kind of shorthand there's been a lot of criticism of fast fashion 
stores mm. that are cut price and the idea is you buy cheap and then you move on very quickly. Again, mm. a cost of living crisis, so many people are price conscious. But are we seeing pre-loved on the rise alongside fast fashion or potentially even replacing it? I'm I'm not somebody who thinks that we we don't need new clothes. I think uh there are millions and millions of people who sort of work in the fashion industry. I'm not talking about high designer fashion, but you know, in businesses that produce clothes that we wear and I think it would be um absolutely tragic if we could uh, you know, were only encouraged to buy second hand or pre-loved or whatever. Um but I think that the the fast the boom in fast fashion has become too it became too easy and too cheap to buy things that you didn't have any regard for. And one of the interesting things is that actually online shopping has also um promoted that because people buying online, shopping online anywhere in this country quite often will buy the same thing in three different sizes to try it on. And then they have to send back the sizes that don't fit. Either they send the whole lot back or they send back the sizes. So we're actually also, it's not very um, environmental or sustainable. One of our brilliant local designers here, young designers here, um, mm. was talking recently about the importance of the anchors in your wardrobe. And that's where you do save up and spend on one of his designs, for example. Um, whilst utilising other ways of, of avoiding fast fashion, do you have a view on how to build a quality wardrobe on a budget and with environmental sustainability in mind? I think my main feeling about buying clothes is that it should be pleasurable. I mean, obviously, it has to have a utilitarian element. You've got to be warm. You've got to be able to appear suitable for whatever your your life is. But I think clothes should be about joy in a way. And I think as soon as you start thinking about you know, how to build the perfect wardrobe, you take away some of that pleasure. And I always advise people to, if they see something that they love, to buy it if they possibly can, because although they may not need it there and then, some of my best, most lasting buys have been random. And I was like, when am I going to wear this? And yet 20 years later, they're still in my wardrobe. So I don't think one should think too much about sort of building blocks, really. Six or seven years now, I think, since you left that um, stint at Vogue. It was more than a stint, 25 mm. years, longest serving <laughs> editor. Can we talk about just a couple of things to finish that might be changing yeah. um, in the industry itself? Um, mm-hmm. you, you alluded to online. I, th- I think you are um, on the board or associated with an online um, uh, entity. W- what's happening with bricks and mortar stores uh, in the yeah. UK? Well, something very interesting is happening, which is that there is becoming, I wouldn't say it's massive, but there is a pendulum swing back to bricks and mortar. And one of the things that uh, we're seeing is that a lot of the big luxury online um, marketplaces like uh, Farfetch and uh, Matches and Net-A-Porter are all having 
a very difficult time. And what we're seeing is that actually some of the the stores that have bricks and mortar shops are seeing the shoppers returning to them. And I love shops. I think physically shopping is, I mean, obviously it's great that you can just buy something, you know, quickly if you need online. But I think going shopping as an activity, you know, exploring shops is um, is a great pleasure. And so I'm pleased to see that that is, that is coming back. I think you, people shop in partnership, the two, you know, the two ways. What about the fashion publishing industry? Uh, what mm. changes are bearing down on it? Goodness knows the rest of the media industry is just going through this tumultuous transformation, advertising crunches, the plethora of social media platforms, etc., societal attitudes. What's, what's happening to the industry that you dedicated such time to? It's a very good and very big question. I think that um, in terms of kind of glossy magazines, those publications are obviously have shrinking circulations. Um, I think the the best are still surviving, but there's been a lot of casualties. And I think what people are trying to at the moment, what people are trying to do is work out you know, how they can um, deliver what the kind of the expectation that somebody who is buying a fashion magazine wants. So information, great visuals, interviews, um, keeping people current within the fashion community. You know, how else you can do it outside of a magazine. But you mentioned advertising, and I think the interesting thing is, as yet, the advertising, the online advertising, or the advertising that accompanies social media, doesn't in anything like make up the revenue that used to keep print magazines going. So, you know, you're, it, it, it's quite a, it is a crunch time, very much so. Thank you, Alexandra Shulman. She was, for 25 years, the editor of British Vogue, and we were discussing her recent foray into a pop-up store in London with pre-loved vintage clothing as a fundraiser.